Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. It is a championship Friday and a waiver wire Friday. To celebrate it all, we're joined by Michael Florio out in L.A. But before we get to Mikey, Frankie, what's going on? I'm doing well, Greggy. Happy Friday. TGIF. Lots to talk about. The NBA Finals were awesome. Now it's on to the draft, on to free agency. It feels like the NBA just never stops. It's going to be like summer league right after that. Before you know it, it's preseason. Got fantasy football coming up. And we got a fantasy baseball waiver wire Friday with Michael Florio. With that, hey Mike, how are you? I was pretty sad last night. I, uh, I've been rooting for the Warriors all playoffs, so I was a little sad. Welcome to Dub Nation, Mikey. Dub Nation. I was watching I mean, you. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not like a Warriors fan or anything, but I've been everyone just hated on them, so I, I went against the grain and been I've really rooted for them the last five years. So it's crazy though with all the injuries though they almost became the underdog story, and and who would have seen that coming when it comes to the Golden State Warriors, right? Of all teams, I was uh, I was watching the game last night with my future brothers in law and future brothers in law, both of them, two of them. Uh, and I kept saying Dub Nation, and they would get so pissed. Uh, so instead of saying Dub Nation since day one, I was saying Dub Nation since game one. Because that's basically when I joined Dub Nation. Uh, admittedly, I was only rooting for the Warriors because I hate Drake, Mike. Oh, well, that's that's a good reason. Uh, I I just rooted for them because I, yeah, first of all, they did become the underdog. I, they've been like the underdog this whole series, I feel like. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just, I always... Outside of the Patriots, I kind of do enjoy to see, like, dynasties and, like, the greatness and try to appreciate it. And uh, that's why I tried to enjoy this Warriors ride and, and not, like, totally hate them the last couple years. To be completely honest, Mike, it took me hating Drake to appreciate the Warriors dynasty. <laughs> Honestly, I realized that last night. I said I had to take a step back and realize we were, we were watching greatness. We were watching this greatness. Is- and they almost pulled it off again. I mean, Steph Curry had a great look last night, Mike. 
this is our 90s bulls like basically yeah. this this is what we're gonna tell like future generations like all oh, the the best shooter of all time the best team of all time like we're gonna that's our generation's like era now it's, it's the warriors the best shooting backcourt of all time and with that greggy hands down with that play thompson man this is Greg Sussman. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Greg. Uh, what What are your thoughts on the show? You know, I've, uh, on, on the on the series. So I have. You talked about how you became a Dubs fan or was rooting for the Dubs dynasty only because of Drake, and you only got in on that because of Drake. And in Game One, I have found myself. I spoke to both of you about this. I rooted for them last year. I rooted for them this year. I root for them every year. To be honest with you. The Warriors? Yeah. Like, I, I don't like the Rockets. I, I'm not a really big James Harden guy. I always wanted the Warriors exactly. to win because they were the best. And I wanted, like, I, I even when they had the best record in the regular season, I wanted them to finish it. Like, I, I felt good for LeBron doing it in, for Cleveland, but I wanted them to finish it. I like the Warriors. I like Steph Curry. I, I like them in general. And I think they're awesome. And their style of basketball literally changed the game for good. And I appreciate that. But this year... Was the one year, like, I was still rooting for Golden State, but not as big of a pull as I had in years past, I'd say. Because it, it wasn't against LeBron? First time, like, ever? Maybe. Not that I'm a LeBron hater, but I possibly could go into it. Like, I still definitely, I, I, still, I still definitely was feeling myself rooting for Golden State. But I also really wanted Toronto to win. Like, I said this on the show, like, I want, I don't like when my friends are happy when their teams win at all. <laughs> Like if, I'm with you on that, actually. Like, I, if I'm miserable, I want you to be miserable, too. Especially Giants fans. I'm a Giant fan. Well, yeah. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm very happy right now that the Giants suck. Right, okay. <laughs> so especially Jet fans, I guess. But, but I've been tormented by Giants fans. Come on, Greg. But it's all right. I really wanted Gabe to win, man. Like, I didn't want this poor guy to go through it again. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm really, happy for... really did. I'm happy for Gabe. Like, I'm happy like, for... legitimately. The country of Canada, the city sure. of Toronto. Yeah. It's like the first major championship they've had since, like, 93. 93. Although, I mean, come on. The uh, Toronto FC did win the MLS Cup in 2017, Greg. So, major championship, <laughs> like you mentioned. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I'm, I'm happy for everyone else. Just like, oh, freaking... dude, Drake is so ridiculous. Dude. dude. The, the, like, afterwards... These are my brothers, chips and dip, whatever he's talking about, dude. Like, come the on, man. The team doesn't, like, he is a part of, as much as he is annoying, like, he is legitimately an ambassador for that team. Like, it, I know. It, it's not one-sided. Like, it's a two-way relationship. So it's. There. I know, they it's, actually it's, it's do actually, like him. They so like so him, it's man. actually not, according to Gabe. I supposed to give Gabe about this this morning. Really? And, like, he says, like, kids and young adults, like, really like Drake and they get it. But people like him. They don't, they don't need yeah, Drake. but the team, the team himself, like he is in it, like he is associated with the Raptors. Yeah, they, 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 they correct. They pay like him. a million dollar jacket and stuff. Correct, like, they pay. Yeah, him. Dude, right. So if you saw the championship hat last night, it had his owl sign on the side of it. So he's yeah, clearly he, like affiliated with them, like legitimately. Yeah, he's legitimately like I, I. And the cool thing though is he has like Steph and Katie's tattoos on him, like. So, I, like, when he was sad when Katie got hurt, I know a lot of people thought it seemed fake, but like he legitimately has. His name and number tattooed on him. He's a fan, you know. I get it. I, I I get it. But like next year, if I needed like Draymond Green choking him out though, or something. Next year, they're boys. Steph Curry was FaceTiming <laughs> him after the game. Well, he was calling him trash. I was I was thinking like after that game when he was calling Draymond trash, Draymond just goes up to him and starts choking him out. We're all friends, dude. Ah, uh, come on. Yeah, but we need you know we need some violence. We need some. You know, you know what you are. Like a hardcore you know, wrestling match. You know what you are. What am I? You're Mark. 
Yeah, I guess so. You're a mark. Is what you can are. We put, can we get these guys in an octagon together or something? No, it'll be a ring. AEW double or nothing? It'll be do- main event? It'll, it'll be AEW because it's not real. It's fake. It's a storyline. Well, come on, Greg. Don't do that to me. Just, just this, this is all I'm living for right now. I'm just being honest with you. But Clay Thompson tearing his ACL, coming back out of the locker room to hit the two free throws just in case he returns. Dude, the thing is, he was jumping up and down. He was, like, running in the locker room. Like, jumping oh up and down, God. jogging in the locker room, jogged back on defense before Boogie uh, fouled Pascal Siakam. Did you see in the background when Boogie fouled him? Draymond was like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, he's like, just let us play. This dude tore his ACL. I think if it, if it wasn't for the KD incident, you know, a couple nights ago, they might have let... Just been like Clay, stay out there, and I agree. Have even done and I tweeted that out. I agree. Yeah, I, I and and unpopular opinion, guys. Uh, I I really enjoy watching him play, but Draymond Green cost them the game last night. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I, I know what you're saying. Like he had the eight turnovers. He threw, he, he threw the turnovers. ball away constantly. Why did he go for that steal at the end of the game? Agreed. Instead of that was bad defense. Up? Bad like, defense. Like there's so much he did wrong because he lets the big moment. Like he is so good when he plays composed and and poised but he lets the big moment get to him so and, i and it, i hear you with that, that florio i hear you with that but last night without durant and without clay yeah. he had to step up i mean he had 18 rebounds yes draymond he, giveth he and played taketh. a great game he they're not there without him but in the final like three or four minutes he just really it all unraveled for him you know what he did what he had to do right he he got he caught the pass from iguodala on the sidelines and got it to Steph. Steph missed it Oh, it was a great look. It was a great look. Great play design by Steve Kerr. Great play design, too, because you see the ball lob in over the top. You're like, what the heck is going on? This is some wild play, right? And then Steph's just wide set open. Up, the top. Set up perfectly. It, it, was, it, it was a really good look. I, I think that's really all you could ask for. Honestly, the person I'm most happy for, Kyle Lowry, man. Yep. Kyle Lowry. I mean, he's been through it for so long. Everyone talking smack. He, he goes through all the, the memes the other day, the videos of you know Carlton throwing the ball, and, oh, this is Kyle Lowry for the championship, which I did love because I was a big fan of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air growing up. But, I mean, he's been through it for so long, losing in the playoffs, people saying he can't perform in the playoffs. And for him to go out and, and perform the way that he did last night really, really put the team on his back, especially in the first half there. Uh, couldn't be more excited, more happy for Kyle Lowry. Now, I also tweeted this out last night, drink, but... And you guys can kill me for it. I know it's something I care about. Not a lot of people care about. It's fine. Doris Burke. She was unbelievable last night. No, she's so, great at her job. So you know what? What I thought was hilarious. You and um, Nick Costas also Nick Costas tweeted, tweeted the same thing yeah. at the same time. I'm like you guys are twins that were separated at birth. And we, it's legitimate. We could you not guys be more the same age. I was just and I wanted to go to bed. It was late. I had to be up early to do the recap. Dude, I stayed up until two a.m. Yeah, I, I couldn't sleep. I was like. Even though my teams weren't part of it, I, I was pumped up. Like I was reading stuff about Clay yeah. Thompson. I, I was watching. Masai Ujiri was reading I, a lot I about. I was reading all the po- like watching all the post game pressers and stuff. I couldn't sleep. I, I was pumped up, man. Yeah, guys, I have a question. What's up? Is it legitimately not to? Sorry to derail you, Greg. Because I agree, Dorisberg point killed it, killed it, killed it. And I appreciate before you, before you do like, before you do, uh, Florian, I just want to get into my point, which is that like Dorisberg, okay. like we've seen a lot of. Trophy presentations. Every year you see at least four of them, right? And no one ever asks us anything, anything remotely interesting. It's Jim Nance just kissing Tom Brady and Robert Kraft's ass year after year. Like, we get it, right? And then in baseball, it's been anyone from Kevin Burkhart to Aaron Andrews. Nothing. Not noteworthy at all. Just bland. Doris Burke asked every single possible question of these superstars in this moment. 
that you could have ever wanted. She went up to Kawhi and asked about free agency. She went up to Lowry and asked about DeRozan. She went that up to Marcus Gasol and asked about Zach Randolph and Mike Conley. As a fan, that's exactly what I wanted to know, and she did it. It was awesome. So impressive. Gloria? Oh, I was so two things real quick. I guess while we're talking about this, I I said yesterday before the before Clay even got hurt that if it comes down to a final shot, I want Clay taking it and not Steph. Even though I admit Steph is the best shooter of all time, but my question for you guys is how the hell is it possible for the Warriors to keep this four together? Because that's what all the news today is saying that they're trying to extend KD and Clay to the five year max each. So they can do it. They can do it. They just have to pay a f load of luxury tax. Are they going to sign you to be on their bench, Craig? That's the thing. Like you're gonna if you sign both these Jail guys, ball Greggy. both these guys to the max. KD's not playing next year, and there's a chance Clay doesn't play next year. He's not gonna be back till after the All Star break, and God knows what type of shape he'll be in then. So it's like you can sign these two guys to the max. Who knows where you'll be by the time either of them come back? That, that would be That's so anticlimactic. Sure, that would be so anticlimactic though. Like if they if just both guys in free agency, like we're looking forward to Durant. We're looking forward to Klay Thompson, obviously Ka- Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving and all these guys. If both of them just go back to Golden State, ah, it's just so boring, Greg. Like, oh, I think uh, let's, it's awesome. You you want them to go back? I, if they don't come, if obviously I'm a Knicks fan. Like if Durant doesn't sign with the Knicks, then yeah, I'd rather him stay with the Warriors. I, I want a shakeup, man. I don't know. I just want like a shakeup in the NBA. I want it I want to create. Be, I think it would be really cool for next year for the Warriors to just kind of suck because they're they're going to be missing two of their four players and then. Come back in two years from now and just remind the world, like, hey, we're still the best. Like, that would be a tremendous story. It would be. It would be a redemption be. story. People are talking about the Warriors potentially not making the playoffs next year, Greg. I mean, if it's just Curry and Draymond. Andre Iguodala. I, I he might retire. He's talking about no, retirement. Really? I didn't, I didn't yeah, see Andre that. Andre Iguodala. I didn't see that. Yeah, and then, like, I don't think they're going to bring back DeMarcus Cousins. Mike, I loved your tweet last night, by the way. Of everything DeMarcus Cousins tries to do, <laughs> someone tripping and falling and like dropping that was, a fun, that was a funny tweet. That was a funny tweet. Dude, I, yeah. I love Boogie and I, I respect the hell out of him because Dr. A, uh, I did recorded something with Dr. A a couple weeks ago and he said that if it was the regular season, Boogie wouldn't be playing till the end of June. So like I respect the hell out of him gutting it up and going out there. But man, he falls down every time he's out there and in the ball comes anywhere near him. I honestly, he, he lost himself money, by the way, this playoffs. I understand he's beat up, but DeMarcus Cousins, when, if he doesn't get hurt last year in New Orleans, right? He's this like max guy, 100, mil, yeah. 100 million and change. Now you look at DeMarcus Cousins and you're like, what is he? Like, he's I, not I, getting a max now, is no, he? No, absolutely not. This is not, this is not a guy that could be the, the alpha on your team. I don't even know if he'd be the beta. I think it would have worked if he didn't tear his quad because he was starting to look like the cousins of old and then he tore his quad and he's nowhere near healthy now and he's clearly not in basketball shape now and it just, it looks like a shell of his former self. So I, I kind of agree with you guys. So I know there's normally, of course, riots after a team wins. And the problem is the team's uh, president of basketball operations got involved in said riot as uh, the uh, Alameda County Sheriff's Office is pursuing a misdemeanor charge against Masai Ujiri for simple battery of a police officer after he punched him in the face. <laughs> he punched wow. a cop in the face? Yeah, we just won the champ. I'm Masai Ujiri. I can do whatever I want. Bang. Let's go. Gosh, dude, what do you think about the rumors about him leaving uh, the Toronto Raptors, Greg? He was all right. He was offered ten million dollars, or is going to be offered ten million dollars a year for Washington and maybe ownership stake. I mean, how do you pass that up? Maybe you don't want to leave. You're only thirty-eight years old. Did you know that? I did not know that. 
Uh, if you're the Knicks, just stay far away from wherever he goes because this guy has fleeced the Knicks over and over again. Oh, my God. And, and, Andrea Bargnani, need I remind sure, you? Sure, but he also offered the Knicks Kyle Lowry, and the Knicks turned yes, him down. That's true. For uh, I think it was like for Schumpert and draft picks back in the day. Correct. Schumpert yeah. in a first, I believe it was. Yeah, but uh, if that happened, Kyle Lowry would have like had a devastating injury or yeah, something. Yeah, no, I know. Like, I know. <laughs> um, it's just the way it goes. Tim Kawakami just tweeted out, Adam Silver came into the locker room and congratulated... This is from Steve Carr. Adam Silver came into the locker room and congratulated us for the run. And I asked, can we just take a year off? Maybe go to Italy, ride bikes, sip wine. Just take a year off. That's what Steve Kerr said? <laughs> yeah. I can't blame him, man. I mean, that, that's part of why, you know, everyone's talking about the Warriors looking uh, exhausted physically, mentally. It's not just... All right, it's the grind of this regular season because everyone's gone through that. You saw even like some of the Toronto Raptors were banged up. Kawhi Leonard wasn't 100%. But the Warriors have done it for five straight years. This is, this is what LeBron talks about is that he's banged up because he went to the finals for eight straight years. He's playing more basketball than anybody else. Remember, two years ago, he played 82 games the entire NBA season and then went to the NBA finals. So it's like he, he's he played more like basketball than gold, everyone else. And, and, two gold and, Olympics. And the Olympics. Uh, gold medals. So the Warriors over the past five years have legitimately played more basketball than like any other team combined. Any other team. So they're beat up. Any other player outside LeBron. Yeah. Basically. Which makes what LeBron has done and stayed healthy through all of this, other than this year, like remarkable to me. All that wearing He doesn't care. get enough credit. <laughs> Sarah's. Let's take a break. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to transition over to baseball. It's a waiver wire Friday. Not much on the waiver wire, but we'll dissect it anyway, here on the BFFs. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Morning after. KD might not even be a warrior. Clay Thompson might not play next year. Boogie Cousins ain't playing for five mil again. Seriously, it's gonna be Quinn Cook and Steph Curry, and you guys gonna be charging like five times the prices that you were in Oakland now in San Francisco. Man, the NBA's really been turned upside down, man, and on its head. And even as I sit here in a Kawhi Leonard Raptor jersey, there's no damn guarantee that Kawhi Leonard is gonna be a Raptor in two weeks from now. No guarantees. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Money Now 100 is not a lender, broker, or agent of any lender or financial advisor. We do not make loans or credit decisions. You must be 18 years or older and a U.S. resident to qualify. This is not an offer or solicitation to lend. I went to MoneyNow100.com and got the $5,000 I needed deposited in my account the next business day. If you need money for any reason, help is here. Go to MoneyNow100.com and get the money you need. Need to pay off credit card debt? Go to MoneyNow100.com. Need your car? repair need home improvement money visit moneynow100.com if you need fast cash for any reason go to moneynow100.com good bad or no credit at all go to moneynow100.com you could get up to five thousand dollars as soon as the next business day go to moneynow100.com on your phone tablet or computer type in the address bar moneynow100.com that's moneynow the number 100.com
Back with you here on the BFFs. Florio, Stample, Sussman, rocking with you on a Friday. The Dove Dynasty is dead for now. We'll see if they can come back. Free agency is going to open uh, in just a matter of days now. We're like, what, 16 days away here? What's dead may never die. June 30th, 6 p.m. Eastern time. It should be very, very fun. Of course, the draft is now in six days. We're going to have coverage live from Versa uh, here in the restaurant in the middle of Manhattan. Frank and I uh, will anchor the coverage alongside Royce King. Uh, we do have a special guest that will be with us for uh first hour of the program, which should be awesome. We'll reveal that next week. Uh, it's going to be a really, really fun night. If you're in the New York City area, come by, hang with us. Uh, we'll get your questions answered. We'll put you on air. It's going to be a really, really fun night live from Versa, New York City, our NBA draft show. I know we do an NBA, uh, NFL draft show every year. Um, we've never been a part of it on the air. I know you do a lot of stuff off the air for it. But this year, we go on the air. We're covering the NBA draft uh, live not even in studio, in the restaurant outside, right here in New York City, outside the garden. It's going to be a fun night, Frank. Yeah, two of my favorite nights as a sports fan throughout the course of the year. The NFL draft and the NBA draft. Just really, really fun. Talk about these prospects, where they're going to land, what it means for their fantasy value, uh, if it's a good fit with the with the team that they land on. So uh, looking forward to it, although the top three is Pretty much cemented. But we don't know what trades could go down and, and, and what will happen, obviously, on draft night. Okay, I want to get into MLB waiver wire stuff because that's what the people care about um, after our NBA thoughts, obviously. It's who's the number one guy on the waiver wire. And Frank, we were talking coming up here, like, listen, I put together some stuff, but it's kind of whatever. There's no guy on here that I really desperately want. There's a bunch of names, and it's just a whole lot of names, and that's it. So, Mike, I'm going to throw it to you. Who is your number one guy on most waiver wires this week? Yeah, I think it should be uh, Ramon Laureano. He's been playing really well. Uh, he was the name before I even saw your guys' rundown. I, I made uh, mine for the pot, my Patreon podcast, and he was my number one, the first player I wrote down. And I know we spoke about him last week on, on my podcast, and we spoke about it on, on this show here as well, but he continues to play well. And it is a really, really barren waiver wire week, so if no one has picked him up, you could get a nice power-speed combo, an outfielder that was oh, a really hyped player coming into the year. Took him a little bit longer than we anticipated to get it going, but he's finally living up to those expectations and would be my top pickup. Unless you're in NFBC leagues and Alvarez is available, then he's obviously the number one pickup. Yeah, that's a good point. You're Don Alvarez. If you play in leagues where a player needs to actually appear in a game and play a game at the major league level before you can bid on them, then you're Don Alvarez is going to be there. So it's a good call out by Micah. I didn't want to omit that. So if you play in NFBC, you've been waiting for this moment. Basically, if you're one of the people who have saved your money, if you're atop the list, if you are the have the most money available or the second most money, you might want to leave yourself with like 30, 40 bucks for the rest of the season just because there's no $0 bids in the NFBC. But for Yordan Alvarez, you're, you're going to want to put close to, if not all your money. Max, yeah. Leave yourself with like, again, 30, 40 bucks, but he's going to go for that much legitimately. And then with Ramon Laureano, we spoke about him last week, Greg. Uh, we spoke about him earlier this week yep. as well. I tweeted this out the other day since May 8th. Ramon Laureano is batting over 300, six home runs, 19 runs scored, 16 RBIs, and five stolen bases. The guy has just been a complete five-category stud for Roto and fantasy baseball in general over the past month. He's basically been performing like a Mike Trout light. Uh, so to just kind of put that in perspective, he's been really, really damn good. I wish they would move him up in the lineup, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. But regardless, uh, he's been awesome. So if you need an outfielder, he's only 40% owned in CBS and 28% owned in Yahoo. So 
those percentages should be higher. You need some help. Ramon Lariano just helps you across the board. He's been relatively hot uh, over the past week or two. As Frank said, we've talked about him a lot. So if he's out there, uh, you can put some put some cash on him. Not breaking the bank for Ramon Lariano. It's a hot streak. But you ride him while he's hot, and then you move on when he's not. Speaking of guys that aren't hot, so in my home league, uh, Cesar Hernandez has gotten cold. Over the last two weeks, his OBP is, I believe, under 200. Over the last seven days, uh, his OBP is around 230. So he's been cold. So I was like, all right, let me see what else is out there on the waiver wire for second baseman and middle infielders in general. And that got to a player that I hate, Frank. Uh-oh. Yeah. You're going to do this? We're going to do it. All right, go. Kevin frickin' Newman. I've never forgiven Kevin Newman for his three-error inning when Jamison Tyon was on the mound. Never. And I don't think I ever will. You probably shouldn't. It was very bad. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> but since he was sent to the minors and brought back up, he's been a different player. His OBP is better. His average is better. He's leaning off every day for the Pirates and playing at second each and every day. Kevin Newman's obviously out there in the majority of leagues. I'm sure he's owned like 1% of leagues or something along those lines. Florio, is there any interest in Kevin Newman? Yeah, uh, uh, kind of. Looking at his stats, what he reminds me of is... Uh... Kind of like a Jeff McNeil, like he's going to give you average, but he's not going to give you a whole lot of everything else. He will steal a couple more bases than like a McNeil will, but you're expecting average and OBP. That is really the the strength of what Newman can provide, even looking throughout his minor league numbers. Outside of one year where he stole 28 bases, he's always been a single-digit home run and stolen base guy, but he's going to hit for a high average and a high OBP. He's hot right now. I'm cool picking him up, especially in points leagues where he just doesn't strike out. 13.5% strikeout rate, 7.4% walk rate. So he's not a player who is going to set the world on fire by any stretch, but he is a player of that, like, Jeff McNeil at Elk, I think, and there is value in players like that. There very much is. Jeff McNeil's been very, very helpful to fantasy owners this year, but Frankie, we all jumped on Cole Tucker after his two games. We were really excited about the Pirates' prospect. He was sent down, Kevin Newman's brought back up. Newman's performing better than Cole Tucker really ever did. Yeah, he's he's been great, and I'm happy you brought up Jeff McNeil, Mike, because the player I was thinking about was David Fletcher, and they're all yes, kind of like yes. the same player, right? Yeah. Make a lot of contact, uh, modest pop, a little bit of speed as well. So Kevin Newman, since May 4th, since he's been called back up, he's betting 323, 7.4% walk rate, 12.5% K rate, so makes a ton of contact. Uh, solid contact, too. He's not, you know, lighting the world on fire. He's not, you know, 50% hard hit rate, anything like that. But two home runs, 14 runs scored, 15 ribbies, three stolen bases since May 4th. So it doesn't give you a lot of pop, but has some speed, good batting average. So if you're looking for those categories, and he leads off for the Pirates lineup. He's been leading off consistently over the past couple of weeks or so. And their lineup is coming around a little bit. Starling Marte is playing well. They just got Corey Dickerson back. Brian Reynolds has been awesome. Josh Bell is like a top three MVP candidate in the National League. So I think that there's value there to have the leadoff man for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Greg, I'm assuming that your next question is, would you drop Cesar Hernandez for Kevin Newman? Obviously, that is my question because that's what I have to deal, deal with. Uh, I don't think I would do that. I don't I, think I would, I would go not. that far. But in deeper leagues, 15-teamers... I've seen Kevin Newman floating around for weeks now, and I've kind of been putting him off, putting him off, like haven't looking into him and researching him. This is probably the week where he, he's going to get picked up in deeper leagues, and I should have done it earlier because he's been performing He's well. been standing out yeah. there. Um, another name is actually on my waiver wire. He's not on most. He's actually owned 54% of Yahoo leagues. But it's been Yuli Gurriel. Yuli Gurriel has been pretty good over the past couple of weeks. Had a home run a couple of nights ago uh, going three for five. Would you drop Cesar for Yuli? For Yuli or Lourdes? Great. Yuli. I mean Yuli. Uh, for Yuli, 
I don't think so either. I, I think I would, I would, I would stick with Cesar Hernandez. Cesar Hernandez has not been good in the month of June. He's he's actually been quite bad. He's has five hits and forty three at bats. That's a one sixteen batting he's average, very bad. a one ninety one OBP. I'm trying to tell you three seventy seven OPS. Yeah, he's been it, really bad. It's very bad. Yeah, but players go through streaks, Greg. Certainly. I mean, look at his look at his May. He was three twenty seven with four homers, nineteen ribbies, and a nine thirty one OPS. So he's been a little bit more streaky this year than we're used to seeing Cesar Hernandez, but. Again, leading off of the Phillies lineup, that is a desirable spot to have for fantasy baseball as well. So, see what you're saying about Yuli Gurriel. He's still in the middle of a really good Astros lineup, but I still like Cesar Hernandez a little bit more. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I'm not doing that. We're talking about him having a bad June. It's June 14th. It's a two-week stretch. This happens all the time to players. Uh, I think Cesar Hernandez actually gains value because he's now hitting leadoff again for the Phillies. And one thing he wasn't doing in the seven hole was scoring runs and stealing bases, which are the two primary stats that we want Cesar Hernandez for. Well, it's no surprise that the leadoff hitter, on average, scores the most runs on any team. So we're going to see a spike in runs scored, I believe, for Cesar Hernandez. And I think now hitting atop the lineup, not hitting ahead of the eighth spot in the pitcher, they're going to start letting him run a little bit more. So I I would hold him because those are the two stats that are – Super hard to find, in, especially at the waiver wire. So I would hold because he's going to give you steals and runs, and I still think has the ability to hit for a good average. What if I changed Guriel's here? And I yeah. went from Yuli Guriel to Lourdes Guriel. Uh, I we still ta- wouldn't. Okay, because we talked about Lourdes when he got called back up uh, with Vlad, and we all were really excited about Guriel. We wanted to, when hopefully everyone was focusing on Vlad, we would focus on Lourdes. Not, not focus, but you know what I mean. Like, turn our attention a bit to yeah. Lourdes and, and pick him back up. Because Guriel, he has been good as of late. Went 3-for-5 last night. He has scored a run in four straight games. He has an RBI in three of his last four games. He is striking out uh, quite a bit. He actually struck out in six straight games uh, at this point. He's been pretty good since getting called back up. Mike, you said you wouldn't make the move for Lourdes Gurriel when it comes to Cesar Hernandez, but how interested are you in picking up Gurriel? Oh, I think he, he should 100% be on your radar. You you should be looking to pick him up. He's hot, like you said. Strikeout percent is a little bit higher than, than you would prefer it to be, but he's playing well right now. The only reason I wouldn't is because Cesar is still one, a more prudent player. It's just a two-week stretch for him. I'm not going to panic and overreact to that, and I still expect Cesar... Again, being the more proven ability uh, player in a better lineup, hitting leadoff, I just think there's more value there. But I'm, I'm, that's not me saying that Lourdes Gurriel shouldn't be on your radar at all. I'm just saying I wouldn't drop Cesar Hernandez for him. Yeah, and I think, Greg, the perception is that Yuli Gurriel is the better player, and I think that's fair the, uh, for the perception to be that way. But he's 54% owned Yuli, while Lourdes Gurriel is 35% owned. And over the past 30 days... Lourdes is 343 batting average, six homers, 12 ribbies, and OPS over 1100. Yuli Gurriel during that same span, 230 batting average, two home runs, with an OPS at 583. So I actually think these ownership percentages should be swapped. I think Lourdes Gurriel should be owned in more than 50% of leagues, and, and Yuli Gurriel should probably be dropped in more leagues. I understand he plays for the Astros, but he really hasn't provided that much this season. And I actually think it's a little bit closer for me when it comes to Lourdes Gurriel versus Cesar Hernandez. I think it, it depends on what your team need is. Like, if you need a little bit more pop, then I don't know that I've had a, I, I would have a problem with Lourdes Gurriel. But if you need runs, if you need stolen bases, I would stick with Cesar Hernandez. In a points league, I would stick with Cesar Hernandez as well. Good plate discipline. He's going to walk again. Leading off, he's going to get a ton of plate appearances. You want that volume for points leagues. But I think if you play in a 12-team roto league, Greg, and you just need pop from your middle infield, 
I don't really have a problem with with making that swap. Cesar for Lourdes Correa. He's not actually available in my league, but uh, I tend to agree with you. I wouldn't make that swap either. Are there any more hitters, Frank, that you want to consider picking up this week? I'm going to throw Kyle Seeger's name out there, and I'll also tell you guys something that I did. Mike already knows because we play in the same home league together uh, that I that I did. But Kyle Seeger, since he's returned, uh, 237, four home runs, eight ribbies, so it's good to see the pop. But uh, e- even more recently, he's he's been playing better. Uh, you know, over the past week or so for Kyle Seeger here, 280 batting average. Small sample size, obviously, only 25 at bat, seven hits, two home runs, five ribbies. Uh, I believe the Mariners play seven games next week as well. Greg, in my home league, it's a points league where you lose points for strikeouts. It's a keeper league, too. I dropped Michael Chavis for Kyle Seager. Is that something you would have done? Probably not in a keeper league. Where are you in the standings? I am, I think, seventh out of 12, and the top six teams make the playoffs. So like I'm right you're there. In, you're in the mix. Yeah, I, I would have wanted to hold on to Chavis potentially in a keeper league just to see what I wind up having. Obviously, he has struggled as of late. The strikeouts are just ridiculous for him. Um, I don't know that I would have made that move, Frank. Yeah, so I have Gregory Polanco on the bench, and we kind of spoke about that the past couple of weeks that I don't want to drop Polanco because Agreed. we know what his upside Agreed. can be once he gets going. Yeah, because you dropped him last year. Um, the thing is, I, I was dropping Anibal Sanchez for a two-star pitcher for, I think, yeah. Adrian Sampson. Yeah. I was dropping uh, another pitcher that was on, on my team for for Matt Strom because he just returned. Yep, and I like Matt Strom. Uh, so the only other person available was Matt uh, was was Chavis as my third baseman. And uh, in a points league where you lose points for strikeouts, you know the past couple of weeks he has a strikeout rate up over forty percent. I, I I thought that he was expendable. It was it was a tough decision. Mike, what do you think? Would you have dropped Chavis there? Uh, ideally, I agree with what Greg said, like in a keeper league, I wouldn't, but knowing the context of the league, uh, Greg, it might help to know that like the first four teams in this league, the, it seems like those playoff spots are locked up. The fifth team not only has a two game lead, it also has a, a big points lead too. So it really might be like Frank might be one of three or four teams competing for one playoff spot. And if that's happening, every game is so vital. You need to win and if Kyle Seeger, if you believe, gives you the better chance to win next week, that could be the difference between you making it and not making it. I'm okay doing that move. And it's worth mentioning that one of those top four teams that is already pretty much cemented in a playoff spot Floria. is Michael Floria. Yeah, of course he is. Who, uh, he hasn't changed his team name. It's still Stamfel Slayer. <laughs> I keep. I don't know what to make it. It's all right. You can leave it like that. It seems to have worked for you so I, far this season. I play you and your dad again in two weeks, so if I lose either one of those, I'm changing it then. It's actually funny because another person in our league lost to me and my dad in back-to-back weeks. And they changed their team name to Slade by Stamfels. There you go. <laughs> what now? What place is your is your pops in? Oh, he's actually crushing it this year. He's a top point scorer by far. Wow! Like he has yeah. thirty nine hundred points. The next highest point scorer is thirty seven eleven. He's crushing. You see the team is in fifth that has all those points, or no, no, no. He's he's in second place right now in terms of record, but he has the most points scored in the league. He loves his power. Yeah, he, he took Josh Bell late. He took Josh Bell late. He he took Matt Olson, who we just got back. He's been really lucky with like his pitchers. He picked up Giolito. He drafted Matthew Boyd. Uh, he drafted Wade Miley, who's been really good. So shout out to the Don, man. He's crushing it this year. He loves his power. Might, might be the year of the Don. Good for that. Good for the Don. All right. Any other hitters, Mikey, that you want to pick up here uh, and put some money on the waiver wire this week? 
Yeah, I know we've spoken about him. I believe we spoke about him when I came on last week. But, man, Garrett Cooper is not getting any respect. He's still just 29% owned on CBS. This guy's a 296 batting average, 384 OBP, 6 homers, 21 runs, 20 RBIs. He's going to be a four-category player. He's not going to steal you any bases. But he's going to – right now he's hot. He's contributing – uh, across the board outside of the stolen bases and he's still less than 30 percent owned on cbs so i can only imagine what his ownership percentage is on yahoo i think that he needs to get a little bit more respect and should be picked up Reggie, i'll throw a name out there as well in deeper leagues if he was dropped and i've seen you tweet about this as well mike keston hiura since he's been sure. sent down in the month of june 324 batting average of four home runs 11 rubies a stolen base and ops over a thousand He's been awesome. I, there's nothing left for him to prove in AAA. And I understand the Brewers came out and they said, we owe it to Travis Shaw. He's a major league player. He's he's owed this. Move him to first base. You know, Jesus Aguilar, I know he hasn't been playing. Eric Thames could be your utility. Use him in the outfield. Give a day off to Travis Shaw. Keston here needs to be in the majors. And I think it will be sooner rather than later that we see him get the call back up again. So if someone dropped him in your deeper leagues, I would be out there trying to acquire and, and get Kesson Hira on my team. I feel like we should mic up Chris Venture from downstairs and get his Kesson Hira analysis. What do you think, Greg? Sure. You remember how yeah, that Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I understand the reference. Uh, Mike, what do you think about Kesson Hira? Yeah, I think he should be picked up as well. I tweeted it out yesterday. After Travis Shaw went over six, his average since he's been called up has fallen below 200. He was hitting uh, uh, like around or below 200 before the first injury. He hit around 200 in the minor leagues. Something is wrong with Travis Shaw right now. I don't know if it's a lingering hand injury. I don't know if he's having issues seeing the ball or mechanical. He's still walking a lot, but he just cannot do anything when he swings and makes contact this year. Something is off. I think the Brewers are in a dogfight. They should get Keston up right away. We'll take a break. When we come back, Florio will let you know which relievers he likes to pick up this week and the two-star pitchers you should be targeting. We'll do all that, make our best bets forever, and wrap up the week. Coming up next. I had great results. I lost 70 pounds. I weighed 265 and went down to 195. My doctor told me, if it works for you, then do it. A lot of people say to me, how did you lose the weight? I said, I take Andro 400 every day. I'm going to take it forever. That was Walt talking about Andro 400. Now listen to what Bob has to say. When you listen to your radio commercials, you say that's not possible. But since I've experienced it, your commercials aren't strong enough. I am 76, and I've had a belly for way too long. My whole body is shrinking. My energy level has gone up. And the only thing difference is under 400. It's great stuff. I tried other products, and nothing happened. Guys, if you'd like to lose stubborn belly fat, gain energy, and feel years younger, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435 888-400-0435 andro400.com let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. 
Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. Want to remind you right now that you got to put your money where your mouth is. Take a shot at opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to fanduel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to 500 bucks. It's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at fanduel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports. And you're in control. Go to fanduel.com slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to 500 bucks today. And that's fanduel.com slash Grid. We also want to remind you, speaking of FanDuel, get in the BFF's FanDuel contest right now. Sign up, put the lineup in. Frank's going to delete you around 5 p.m. after we're off the air on the NBA Twitch. Delete! Because we gotta, we gotta get this thing for money so we can prove that Frank stinks at this. You know, he only wins when it doesn't matter. I, I won first place again last week. Doesn't matter. When it wasn't for money. Doesn't matter. It's probably because there's not enough people in there and it's not competitive, right? That's exactly it. Precisely. This is just so frustrating. I can't win when it's for money. But if you've been part of the FanDuel contest, the past two months or whatever since sure. the season has started, you're already part of it. Just click on the Friends tab on the top of FanDuel. Set your lineup before 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. I'm sure I'll be texting you later on, Michael Florio, to remind you to set your lineups. My lineup is already set. Oh, really? Yeah. Can we get a little sneak peek? So, give us one player in your lineup. One player in my lineup. Trevor Story! <laughs> there you go. Are they are they in Coors Field tonight? I was. They are so. in Coors Field in San Diego. So there you tonight. go. Makes sense. There you go. Um, and you have a question about tonight's lineup stuff. Can you? So we normally target like the Giants or the Marlins theoretically. Mm-hmm. Do you know who's facing those teams tonight? You don't. I'll tell you. So it's Zach Davies against the Giants and Stephen Brault against the Marlins in Miami and in San Francisco. I. I'm a little bit more apt to do it with Zach Davies because I think he give you the quality start and the win, and those, those matter a decent amount on FanDuel. Yeah. But you also get three points per strikeout, and he's not going to give you a lot of those. So if the salary is low on Zach Davies, I haven't looked at it yet, I, I would, I can get behind that, but ideally I'd want someone who has more strikeout. Upgrade. Salary for Davies is 8000 Salary for Steven Brault is 6200 No, and the, the Marlins lineup has played better as well. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in Steven Brault, and... At $8,000 for Zach Davies, I would imagine there's people around him who have more more strikeout upside. So I'm, I'm going to go no on both of those, Gray. Okay, fair enough. That's uh, top pitcher on the board tonight. Yarek Cole at home against Toronto. He's 12 Oh, that's great because the, uh, the Blue Jays, I was about to say the Raptors. The Blue Jays strike out a ton. And nobody cares about the Blue Jays. It's all about the Raptors. Yarek Cole might get 27 strikeouts tonight. So you probably should put him in your lineup. <laughs> what's, what's his price tag? I'm going to say... I told you. Oh, did you? I did. Darn it, I wasn't paying attention. Well, all right. Uh, 11 oh, six. What is it? 12. 12. Right. Oh, I gotta, speaking of that, I got to go look for the Jason Star trivia question of the day. It's that time. It is that time. Right? I mean, right. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for later, Greg. We don't really have later. This is, this uh, is we'll it. We'll save it for later. 
I want to talk a little bit about these relievers. Oh, you know what? He didn't post one, so we're good. There you go. All right, let's get into the relievers. We talked um, over the last two days since Ken Giles went down, who to pick up in Toronto between Daniel Hudson and Joe Biagini. Florell, let me throw it to you. Which one would you rather have? Because they're both out there on the waiver wire. Who are you picking up this week? Yeah, I'm picking up uh, Joe Biagini, and Daniel Hudson isn't even number two for me. I would pick up Tim Miza ahead of him because the other day – when they brought in Biagini, it was a, a six-run game, I believe, but they had two men on and the heart of the Orioles liner, lineup coming up. So he was kind of used in that highest leverage situation. So I don't know if that's how they're going to continue to want to use him or if they are going to – if that's indicating that, hey, in big moments for the saves, we're going to be going to him. But before Daniel Hudson came in, it was uh, Miza, and he's he gets more strikeouts than Hudson. His FIP is the second lowest on – of uh, his ex-fip, I mean, is the second lowest in that pen behind Ken Giles. Uh, at least it was as of yesterday when I wrote up about him. So I would actually have him second, and then Daniel Hudson third. Daniel Hudson is not very good. Uh, he just he did get the save the other day, but I believe his like ex-fip is well over four. It might even be over five. Last I looked, so I'm not picking up Daniel Hudson uh, unless you're in a really deep league and you're just speculating and and in desperate need of saves, and you could throw a buck or two on him. That's the only way I'm really interested in adding Daniel Hudson. Yeah, Daniel Hudson, uh, his XFIP over five, Mike, you're correct about that, 5.48. And this is what I said the other day about him, Greg. Uh, he walks a lot of guys. His walks per nine is 4.97. That's Daniel Hudson. Uh, right around a strikeout per inning. But originally when the when the injury struck to Ken Giles, I tweeted out that I thought Joe Biagini would be the first man up. He has converted a save on the season. He's got a 3.72 ERA, a 3.68 XFIP. So he's pitched quite well. This year for the Blue Jays and Tim Mesa, when it comes to him, I just don't know if he's like their lefty specialist. So I, I do have some concern there. Uh, he is the lefty in the pen. He has pitched well. Uh, K per nine up over 10. He's got a 309 ERA. I would probably rank it Biagini, Hudson and Mesa. But, you know, in, in those 15 teamers over the weekend, if you lost Ken Giles, that's a pretty big loss because his ERA has been great. He had 11 saves on the season. So I'm probably going to throw like a three, four percent bid on Joe Biagini and then, you know, maybe a, a contingency bid on someone like Daniel Hudson, like 1% or less than that, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, go for it. Oh, I was going to say two things. One, pay attention to this because there's a very good chance that they trade Ken Giles. Yeah. And two, can we finally admit that Ken Giles doesn't suck? I don't, I, I knew that was going to, I knew that was coming. I don't think Ken Giles sucks. <laughs> Mike, he sucked last year though. Come on. He he was he's been awesome since he's been a member of the Blue Jays. I oh yeah, he's, he's been great. One save since he got traded. That's all he needed. The Astros did not use him the right way last year. I think we can all admit that. I'll I'll have you know this, Mike. That recently we've been talking more about relievers, and I think once Craig Kimbrell signed, we like basically did our top twelve or fifteen rest of season, and Ken Giles was right around Kimbrell at like eleven or twelve. So we were giving him the respect he deserves, and we've been talking him up here. But I think the cri the criticism that we gave him last year, while he was a member of the Astros, was warranted. I know he didn't necessarily blow a save, but like he was not good. I don't know if it was just like the pressure of pitching for a contender or whatever got to him, but he was not good with the Astros. So I thought his criticism was uh, well deserved last year, but he has been lights out this year, and um, he's he's been one of the better reliever values for fantasy baseball. Guys, we spoke last night about impending trades as we get closer to the July 31st trade deadline, right? We're only a month or so away. And while Biagini, Daniel Hudson, some other guys are, are out there as well, Ian Kennedy could be for the Royals too. But You mean Mr. Kennedy! Kennedy! 
Right, Ian Kennedy's out there for sure. But there's other names that could be out there because they could be emerging closers. You look at some of the names that are uh, entrenched right now. Shane Green, Kirby Yates, Brad Han, Alex Colomay, any and all of them could be on the move in July. If that's the case, you want to grab the setup guy behind them, Mike, now before it costs you anything in July in FAB. Are there any guys that you're pinpointing knowing that Green, Yates, Han, Colney are probably the four most likely closures to go? Are there any that you're pinpointing that you're like, all right, this is clearly the setup guy. This is the guy I want to add right now. Uh, well, Joe Jimenez on the Tigers, the one that kind of inspired this last night. Uh, I read on, I forget where it was. I wish I remembered, but that the Tigers are open to shopping all, any and all of their players, basically. And Shane Green was so basically the, the Rockets. Yeah, one of the first names mentioned. So I would be picking up Jimenez right now. Uh, but basically, I would, if you own any of those guys, I think it is in a deeper league, especially, it's smart to look at their bullpen and, and see who may be in line next up for saves. Although I will say, I'm, I don't really think Brad Hand gets traded. The Indians are only a game and a half out of that second wild card spot. The, the Texas Rangers uh, hold it, and they're not really scaring anyone. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland held on to him, but those other names are certainly warrants you know being worried about them getting traded yeah i think joe jimenez is one of the top ones i will throw out uh just the the players who i i suspect to be the setup man next man up if these guys were to be traded on the indians nick whitgren has actually pitched really well for the indians this year and then with the chicago white Sox, i do expect alex colomay to be traded because he's pitched really well and it's clear that it's not the white Sox season this year kelvin herrera has closing experience but he has not pitched well so far this season He's been the eighth inning guy all year for them. Yeah, he has. So he's probably the next man up, even though he hasn't been good. Uh, and then going down the list for the San Diego Padres, like when I saw that they were actually considering like listening to offers for Kirby Yates, kind of like took me by surprise because he's been so awesome. Sure, but so is Brad Hand, and they could just keep him around for you know as that team eventually gets good because I think we all expect them to be good eventually because you know they have a great farm system. They're really yeah. young. They have Machado. They have Hosmer. So I don't know that Kirby Yates gets traded, but if if he were, I I, I would assume Craig Stammen I agree. is is the next man I up agree. there as well. Uh, but man, Kirby Yates has been so awesome. I would be really surprised if the Padres actually do ship him out. Listen, they can get a nice package for Kirby Yates if they realize that they're out of it. They're not going anywhere. They realize they can get a nice package. They probably pull the trigger. Yeah. What was the last nice package that they got, Greg? Francisco Mejia. What's he done? That didn't work out. <laughs> that didn't that didn't work out. What was the haul that they He's, did they tra- they traded Kimbrel away, right? Yeah, the Red Sox. The Red Sox, sure. They got Manny Margot in that trade. They got a pitching prospect who's not up yet. I yeah, so I, 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 I mean, these reliever trades haven't necessarily worked out yet, but we've seen other ones like Andrew Miller and Arnold Chapman. <laughs> go think, Yankees, go! I think Yates is more likely to be traded than Hand personally. Looking at it, he's arbitration eligible next year. That salary is going to jump pretty big for a team who. Uh, and Yates is already 32 years old, so I, I could see him being traded. Hand is under control for two more years. The Indians with that young pitching, I mean, it it, it warrants it if you have if you have Burn Hand handcuff him now. But yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts on the matter. Speaking of the Yankees, just very briefly, both Aaron Judge and Carlos Stanton start rehab tonight in AAA Scranton. Uh, of course, Stanton played a couple of games in single A already. Judge beginning his first rehab games tonight. Uh, they say that Stanton could be back as soon as Tuesday. I'll spend the weekend in AAA, uh, rejoin the Yankees early next week. Judge, probably sometime next weekend. Judge and Stanton looks like they're coming back for the Yankees. Mike, we only have you for about another minute or so before we get to our best bets forever. So, 
Florio, taking a look at the two start pitchers for next week, who stands out to you? Uh, Merrill Kelly, he's been pitching really well as of late. Uh, I did, I wrote up uh, for fan tracks actually about a lot of deeper league pitchers, and Merrill Kelly is one of them. His XFIP right now is about starting pitcher league average, but if you look at what he's done over his last uh, three outings, I believe it is, where he's gotten at least seven innings in all three, he's changed up the way he's been pitching. He's really been throwing three pitches about 25% of the time, mixing it up from when he was a little bit more fastball heavy early on in the season. So I think right now Merrill Kelly's pitching very, very well, and the two-start matchups don't really scare me. I know he gets Colorado, but I believe he gets them on the road. Uh, gets them, He's at home, so the, the Rockies are on the road. He would be the one I'm most interested in. Yeah, I think that's fair. And he's pitched much better at home this year. If you look at his splits, he's got something like a, a low twos ERA at home and a much higher ERA on the road, something like over six. So, uh, yeah, two home starts for Merrill Kelly. Uh, obviously, San Francisco, you love that. Still a little bit scared by Colorado, but, yes, they're not home in Coors Field, so uh, that helps. Adrian Sampson, another one who the, the home numbers have been much better this year. He gets the Indians and the White Sox, two lineups that you can take advantage of. So I know that we were talking about Sampson last weekend. He was a popular waiver ad, but if someone kind of like hate dropped him because he didn't perform well against the Red Sox, then – there you go. Two starts against the Indians and the White Sox. I like him a lot as well, Greg. Kelly and Sampson, definitely my two favorite two starts for next week. Tyler Skaggs also if he's out there in Toronto, in St. Louis. He hasn't been good, though. No, but if you're looking just for a two-star pitcher. Yeah, it's not a bad matchup no. against Toronto. And St. Louis, I believe, over the past They've struggled. week They've or so. Awful. They've struggled. Yeah, so over the past seven days, they have a team OPS of 602. That is the worst in baseball, worse than the Marlins and the Giants. So those three guys, there are some names out there. Uh, if you want to like trade in uh, Animal Sanchez for one of those guys, that's kind of where my head's at uh, once Sanchez has a second start of this week. Mike, it's been a blast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good luck this weekend on your waivers, and we'll see you next week. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Well, actually, I, I will see you next week. Frank won't be here. So if you want to do the entire show like you normally do, that'd be, that'd be great. Got you, Greggy. I'm going to San Fran the day after, but I will be here next Friday. Appreciate it, Mike. Follow Mike on Twitter, at Michael F. Florio, and, of course, subscribe to both him and Frank's Patreon pages. Frank, with that, we mentioned Adrian Sampson. Uh, I was... I was right there. You were texting me early. I'm my best bet forever. <laughs> I was. I, I sent him the money bag. I was like, Adrian Sampson, Rangers, cash money, let's go. And then didn't work Adrian out. Sampson happened. Yeah, it didn't didn't work out. I felt really good about that. Yeah. I felt really good about Zach Greinke also. That was just free money. It was a free money alert right there uh, with Zach Greinke. And it worked out. He had a no-hitter uh, going into the seventh inning. Christian Walker kind of screwed that up for him. But he said after the game, he didn't want the no-hitter. I'm like, what? What do you mean you want the no-hitter? Too much attention. It's so annoying. It's stupid. <laughs> That's what he said. So wild. He's he. I'm Christian Walker's way madder than I am. Like I, I didn't want this. And he said Christian. That doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. And he said Christian Walker has a uh, temper problem as well. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, with that, we're gonna sign off YouTube. I signed off Florida. I meant to sign off YouTube as well. Uh, at the window is coming up next. Sean Guastamacchia. All his thoughts on last night's game six, as well as more football coverage with him and Chris Venger. Look forward to that. So we say goodbye, and we'll see you next week.